Hey, welcome to the Afikra Community Podcast. This series features a presentation every single episode given by a member of the Afikra community. Every single one of these people you should know is not an expert in what they are talking about, but rather they are driven by their authentic curiosity to learn something new about the Arab world, its histories and its cultures. Each one of these presentations is the product of the person going through our workshop series, finding a topic that they're curious about, honing that question with us, and developing it into a compelling presentation. Some of these are long presentations, about 45 minutes, and some of them are what we call Africa Forwards, where they're simply recommending something for you to check out. The goal is to highlight scholarship that already exists, to celebrate it, and to learn. I hope you enjoy it. If you're interested in learning more, go to africa.com slash library. Thanks. Uh, my name is Ma'an Nafa'a. I'm currently based in Dubai. I was born and raised between Jordan, Saudi Arabia. I lived in Beirut for a while. Uh, I've been working in the technology space for the past eight years. Uh, uh, a lot of experiences, I'd say, working with small companies, big companies. And when it comes to the cultural aspect or what attracted me to Africa, is that I tend to dive into topics sometimes, and sometimes it happens alone or while I'm speaking to my friends or my social circles. And when I found uh, about Afikra, it was a really nice platform to share those ideas, uh, share those topics with people. And as soon as you get in, you get more inspired by different topics people sharing, uh, people are sharing, or whatever you had in mind, you could start with a small idea and it could snowball to a lot of stuff. So uh, definitely worth doing it. Uh, today, I want to speak about the Arab exhibitions uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, honestly, it wasn't the topic that I was researching. My, my topic started with another thing that I'm going to also speak about today. But I'm glad I stumbled uh, upon this, this article. So the article is named uh, Self-Portrait of a Nation, uh, the Arab Exhibition in Mandate, Jerusalem, 1931 to 1934. Uh, it's published on the research repository of the University of Cambridge, and it, it won the Brahim Daqaq Award for Outstanding Essays about Jerusalem, which is launched by the Jerusalem Quarterly. And it was written by Nadi Abu Saada. I guess he's currently Dr. Nadi Abu Saada as well, since he's a PhD candidate in architecture at the University of Cambridge. Uh, I was inspired as well by multiple surveys, multiple essays, excuse me, that he published about Jerusalem or about urbanism in the Arab world, also related to architecture. He's a trust scholar at the Center for Urban Conflicts in the University of Cambridge as well. Uh, he also co-founded uh, Arab Urbanism, which is a platform that tackles critical ideas regarding the past, present, and future of cities in the Arab region. It's definitely worth going through it. It's really nice, very rich, and a lot of stuff that you didn't even think about, about how, like, uh, like about urbanism in the Arab world. So, uh, okay. So the first and second Arab exhibitions in Jerusalem took place in July 1933 and April 1934. And in those times, it was, it was a time of direct and violent confrontation between Arabs along, against Zionists and uh, the British colonialism. And it was basically post-World War I, post-Sykes-Ficot, and the geopolitical division that resulted from it. 
So there was this formative movement where the Palestinians were trying to artic articulate their national identity and, and establish national, na national institutions. And that's why they endeavored on starting this exhibition to showcase remarkable agricultural and industrial advancements that were happening with them. And a lot of people or Western agenda can try to picture this advancement as happening because uh, uh, that it was happening because of uh, European colonization, yet it wasn't the direct reflection or it wasn't a direct result of European colonization. It was genuinely from the Arab population that the, those advancement, advancements came up. So the, the pan-Arab nature of those exhibitions were, was an, also an opportunity to, to get to stitch those Arab cultures or Arab countries, cities together to exchange the knowledge and expertise. And as you can see on the right, this is an artifact, could be a post stamp about the second Arab exhibition where you can see Jerusalem is in the middle and you can see multiple Arab cities from it. And they're all linked with more like a, a hub and different spokes. So you have Kuwait, Bahrain, Muscat, Hadramaut in, in Yemen, Hijaz in Saudi Arabia. I'm not sure what the reef means, but it could be something in Syria, Tunis, Tripoli, Marrakesh. So when they actually, so the Arab, like the idea of exhibitions wasn't something that was inspired in the Arab world, of course. It, in the first exhibition happened, was named the Great Fair in London, and it happened in 1851. Yet with the nature of colonialism back in those days, so the, the, the biggest exhibitions happened in London and Paris. And the nature of those exhibitions would be where the colonialist states would have a big pavilion. And inside, the, in, inside this pavilion, you'd have small booths or kiosks for the colonial cities, for the colonial colonized countries, sorry, or cities. So you'd go, for example, in, in, in Britain, You'd, found, you'd find something about Jordan, you'd find, some, you'd find about Iraq, you'd find about Palestine. If you go to France, you'd see Syria, you'd see Lebanon. Yet when it comes to inside the, the, the English or the, Brit the British pavilion, and when you go into Palestine, there was, there was this religious symbolism that comes with Jerusalem. So Jerusalem was articulated or showcased as the biblical holy land. Yet it was also a way for the Zionist movement to try to push for their, their, their colonies, their factories, their architectural models, along with close to or along with Jerusalem to somehow also benefit from the religious symbolism and the weightage that it had on the, and the weight, sorry, that it had in the, in the pavilion. And the gentleman named Isa Isa, which was a leading Palestinian journalist, came up with the idea of having an Arab ex exhibition after visiting the Paris colonial uh, 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 sorry, exhibition. And he had this in mind, and it started as a small idea. He went back to Palestine. He started lobbying for it. He started speaking to a lot of people. And what he had in mind is that one exhibition is capable of achieving over a few days what politics have failed to deliver for a lot of, over a lot of years. So he also visited another exhibition that happened in Iraq. That's why I'm not sure if the ones that happened in Jerusalem are the first exhibitions, but there was an exhibition in Iraq. It, it was more agricultural and industrial. I guess the one in Jerusalem also had like cultural aspects. And when he saw that happening in Baghdad, 
he started pushing for it more and more in, in, in Jerusalem, and he was a bit supported by, by the Iraqis. So he started by getting into uh, like people or the corporate elites, I'd say, in, in Palestine, and he was able to basically build a, like a private shareholder corporation that had people coming from the Arab Bank, the current Arab Bank in Jordan. So he was the managing director. Uh, Ahmed Hilmi Pasha was a president. Hamdi Nabulsi was a VP. And it also had the support of the Arab Bank to basically be able to financially manage and get the financial experience that the bank has to, so that they can execute the exhibition. And the exhibition was also in a response for an exhibition happening in Tel Aviv back then. It was still new in 1932. And the Zionists were doing the Levant Fair, which was also their way of, of exhibiting their, their advancements in agriculture, industry, uh, manufacturing, and, and on the cultural aspect. So initially, they wanted to to, to have this exhibition in Jaffa, in Jaffa because, because of the proximity to the Levant Fair. So it was very, they were very close to each other and they wanted to do it in Jaffa. And a community of representatives from the exhibition were selected to negotiate with the municipality of, of Jaffa. And of course the municipality or the, the dominant rule there was, was British. So they, they proposed this to the, to the commission, the commission and the, and the municipality to approve the plans, plans, yet it was rejected because it excluded the Jewish population of Palestine. And since they, uh, they, 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 they were rejected, they weren't able to get any municipal uh, support, financial support to start this exhibition. So they decided that we can, let's move this to Jerusalem. It was very controversial to move it to Jerusalem because basically Jaffa was had a port or was even close to other ports, and it was more it, it was a more of a lively city, and it was a port, and there were people coming easier from all over the world. And the organizers then also relied heavily on private shareholders for funding, and they also struggled to get sufficient funds. Yet, by the by, as as long as, as soon as they progressed and they wanted to launch the exhibition, they thought that the stakes of executing it with a minimal budget were far less than exec not executing executing it at all. So they had to go. They had to do it. And in Jerusalem, there was a newly launched uh, hotel named the Palace Hotel, which was a lavish two hundred room hotel was built by the Supreme Muslim Council in 11 months. And actually this is the hotel, the hotel is where I wanted to start my research. So it, I'm gonna speak about it more in a bit, but it's, it's a beautiful building. And when I started reading more about the building, I got into the, 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 the story or the art, uh, Nadi's article of how those exhibitions happened in the, in the hotel. And that's how I stumbled upon like Arab exhibitions out of the, the hotels. So uh, the uh, a first four Arab exhibitions too was that there was a, a young Palestinian female artist named Zulfa Saadi, and she exhibited a range of her works in the exhibition. And excuse me, sorry. And that was a first in the Arab world because it was a solo exhibition by a Palestinian pa uh, painter where back then, uh, like, this form of art wasn't not tolerated, but it wasn't deemed worthy to represent natural culture. 
So it was the first, and she was even endorsed by Kamal Balluta, which was which is a great uh, Palestinian late late Palestinian artist. And as you can see on the right, those are the pictures of the of the of the hotel. This is another picture of the hotel where everyone was like standing outside and they wanted to get into the exhibition. Uh, so basically, they did the first uh, exhibition and the second exhibition. They wanted to go for a third one, yet because of a lot of financial barriers, they weren't able to get the funds to start a third one. The Iraqis wanted to help and, and get the exhibition into Baghdad, but those all of those uh, future plans faded and didn't work out. So this is everything about the first and second Arab exhibitions. And those are pictures of the Palace Hotel, which, started, which was built in 1929. Uh, it had 200 rooms, central heating. It was super luxurious. Uh, it was uh, the, 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 British, the British man, they took the building and they had a commission there. And then post-1948, uh, the Zionist and Israel took it, and it became uh, the, the Israeli Ministry of Trade and Industry until 2003, where it became the Waldorf Astoria. And when it became the Waldorf Astoria, it was purchased by, by a Canadian Jewish businessman, and he renovated it, and they had an extension to the building, and it's beautiful. And on the facade, you can see on the top that there's an Arabic saying of by the uh, there's an Arabic saying saying uh, one last shout out is that I was inspired to do everything on this topic by a gentleman named Tariq Bakri. He's a Palestinian researcher that documents stories through visual documentation. So he'd go, he'd find a, build, a building, sorry, in Palestine, and he'd trace back to its roots of who built it, who was living there, and the whole. And he'd even go to those buildings up until this day and knock on the people living there and trying to get even more out of it. And uh, that's a wrap. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Four quick final notes. The first is, if you feel like watching this presentation in video form, look us up on YouTube, subscribe, hit that bell, do all that good stuff. Second is, if you ever feel like attending these events, we have them every Saturday, and you can find out more information at afikta.com RSVP. The third is, if you feel like developing a community presentation, we have workshops that are free and open to all every two weeks. You can go to afikta.com workshop. And the fourth is that our work is made possible by the hundreds of people around the world who are inspired by our work and want to build this movement. Please consider becoming one of them and supporting our, our work at afikada.com support. Thanks so much. Have a great day and see you next time.